Hi, my name is Glenn Friedman. I'm the CEO of Prager Metis International, a full-service global solution for accounting and advisory services. And you are inside the C-suite. I'm joined today by Steve Adubato. Steve has been our leadership and communications coach. Lori Roth, our national managing partner. Rich Fuchs, a managing partner of our Basking Ridge, New Jersey office, and our growth pillar leader. And today's topic is human capital and making investments in our future. So with that, I want to kick it off with a question. Today we hear so much about artificial intelligence and machine learning. Companies are investing billions to remove or replace the human capital or the human element. Tell me why human capital or people investment is equally important in today's world. Lori? So... I think that the artificial intelligence and the technology is important, but it's important to help us to make all of the people the best that they can be, right? So if we can rely on the technology that is in front of us and that can enable our people, that's a way that we're investing in the human capital. So I think that those two are really combined. It's not really just about investing in in intelligence and, and technology, but also in investing in our people. You know, as leaders of the organization, one of the most important things that we have to do is to make sure that we help other people to be the best that they can be so that they make their greatest contribution to the organization and to the people around it. So what are you doing specifically at at Prager Metis to invest in your people? So we have a leadership training institute, PMLI, and inside of that institute, we have programs that are for emerging leaders. We have programs for existing people. We have a leader of learning and development. We also have coaching programs that Steve helps us out. I mean, with. you have an absolutely great leadership I development know, coach. Best. I mean, just I'm the fact that it's me has nothing to do with it, Glenn. <laughs> I'm just saying, the fact that I'm on board doesn't hurt, right? Sometimes. <laughs> but I tell you what, not every organization, and we've talked about this before, not every organization actually, quote, invests. They talk about it. They say they're into it. But in the end, they don't put the money behind it. They don't. How about this? They don't even allow their people to take the time to be coached and developed because they're too busy, quote, doing what they have to do every day, which is a problem. Yep. So let's add this to it, Rich. In today's world with investing in artificial intelligence and those taking away some of the let's call it lower level or jobs that can be replicated over and over again. It means that people have to learn, relearn, and unlearn. What exactly does that mean to you at Prager Metis? Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, you still have to invest in the people because you still are going to need to have that critical thinking. The machines are going to be able to process information, but someone's going to have to look at that information, explain it, and and relate it to whatever the project may be that they're working on. Overall, I just think that it's never going to go away, right? You still need to have those people and you have to invest in them to make sure that they're, as Lori mentioned, optimizing at their peak performance and and contributing to the organization. Right. It's kind of also like the best and highest use, right? So you want your people to be at the best and highest use of their ability. And by utilization of technology, it allows that because maybe it takes away some of the if you want to call them lower level jobs, but some of the tasks that don't necessarily have to be done by a person to enable them to use their critical thinking in in better uses. Talk about the human element, uh, relationship building. Sure. Where does that come into play here? Can a a relationship be replaced by a machine? Right. Clearly that can happen. And it's an important part of our business is about building relationships and about the clients and and the contacts and all of the people that we work with all the time and with each other, 
right? You know, that's part of the dynamic at Prayer Medis is everybody working together as a team to do those things. And that's all about relationships and about people. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is that the AI is going to allow those relationships to develop even more, right? Because you're not going to get bogged down with the nitty gritty everyday data mining. You'll actually be able to sit and have a real conversation with your client or whoever it may be and really be a true advisor to them and, and help them understand their business and, and move everything forward. But Glenn, let me ask you, this is interesting. We're talking about relationship building. Your entire career is based beyond your technical skills on relationship building. The truth is, I often wonder when you talk about human capital, whether we can teach relationship building, some of it, coach some of it, and how much of it is purely in personality. I think that a lot of it is uh, who you are and uh, most likely how you were formed as a young person and how much time you spent socially and in, in environments with other people. Uh, but I think that in today's society, you know, you have these things called play dates. and <laughs> We didn't have those. We didn't have those. So, so were we more social creatures than, than we are today or that children of the future are going to be? I would guess that's an accurate statement. But we still have to, that's what Prager Medis is still teaching and coaching, right. relationship building around business development, right? Right, right. So, so it's not really just about the person or their personality, but some of those things can be developed, right? So you've worked with people on leadership training, but also on business development training and how some of those things are learned. And some of those things are things that we should be teaching, both through our actions and through mentoring, which I think is you know, a really important part of mm. what we're after as well. So I always think about it this way. You can teach those things, but is the consumer going to change too? Is the consumer of our services going to demand those social relationships that the old consumer required? And probably it will just cut off in a different place, but I think there's always going to be that need. I mean, just look at a doctor and look at how much is being done robotically, right? But do you really want a machine to tell you some bad news, or would you like somebody with some empathy? to deliver that. Yeah, I would agree. And I don't think it's any really different in, in our industry either. You know, there's a lot of times where we can do our work from a remote location, but I think, you know, being out at the client's office or just sitting across from them, you'll be able to read them and their reaction and, and see what they're feeling as you're going through, even if it's a tax return or going through an audit or just advising them on their business, you know, you're going to be able to actually have that personal connection, that personal touch, which you just can't ever get away from. I think also as part of our industry, you're dealing with people's finances, whether it's their accounting, their financial statements, their investments, whatever it is, that is something deeply personal to each person. And it's really important that they have a relationship with the person that they're dealing with because they really feel like, you know, they don't want everybody to know that they want you to know it. And it's really important to them that they have that personal relationship and that you're really, truly the trusted advisor, which is a term that's, you know, thrown around a lot, but it really is critical to us and who we are. That's great. Let, let's sort of take that into the area of entrepreneurship, right? Can a, a machine replace entrepreneurship, the ideas, the, uh, imagination that a human brings to the table when they're sitting with a client that they have a relationship with? Right. So I think that we're doing two things. We're applying our experiences in those conversations. And we're also really looking at the things that the technology can give us towards that end. Even in programming a robot, I just went through a whole meeting the other day related to 
programming these robots. And in order to do that, you really need to have the ideas and the thought process. The robot can't can't give that. We have to give that to the robot. We have to tell the robot how it is that we want to accomplish those things. So even the use of the technology, that has to come from a person. So there's so many elements to it that it's clearly not a replacement. It's an enhancement. So are you telling me accountants aren't just robots? <laughs> <laughs> I it depends hope on not. the day. I hope not. <laughs> you shouldn't say that in front of the two bosses here, Rich. <laughs> but it's interesting that, that, that Glenn brings this issue up because a big part of our coaching at Pregrametis is helping people to be better listeners, right? Not just, oh, you technically know what you're doing, but you really are listening. And, and let's just say this, in times of scary, unpredictable, economic whatever, I imagine that Glenn's question is even more important than ever, the importance of a human being there on the other end, helping people through it, listening, right, Glenn? No doubt about it. Just look at the last couple of days. The stock market caused a lot of concern, a lot of uh, consternation. Right. It's interesting that you say teaching, listening, right? Because you can hear something, two people can hear the same thing and react differently and hear different things, right? And it's also about taking what you hear and processing it and being able to offer solutions, offer point of views that maybe other people don't have. That's mm -hmm. also something a robot can't do. A robot's going to do, you tell it this, it's going to do that every time. It's never going to do something else. A person is very, very different. And, and I think that's critical to the services that we provide. So if at Prager Metis, those lower end services are, are replaced by artificial intelligence and machine learning, Talk a little bit about what the new accountant or the future accountant has to be like. I think that a lot of it has to do with maybe being reviewers and leaders rather than doers. And that's something that, you know, along with maybe being thought of as robots, accountants might also be thought of as controlling. So doing things soup to nuts and, and beginning to end gives them a comfort level that might not be there with a robot, but I think that what happens is you have to get better at interpreting the results of whatever the robot is doing or the task is at hand and being able to react accordingly. So come up with the right solution or the right path from whatever that outcome is. So for a young person, Rich, entering this profession, right, it's going to look a lot different than it looked for me entering this profession. A couple of years ago, right? Yeah. Just the other day. I just noticed he Thank is rich you. and not me, but go ahead. <laughs> no age jokes. Tell, <laughs> you know, tell me what a young person should be thinking about at Prager Metis. I think it goes back to what we've, we've kind of been talking about all along here. It has to be that critical thinking, that entrepreneurial drive, and making sure that it's not just about, in the old days, it was ticking and tying work papers and confirms or anything related to that. You know, it's really got to be what is the data telling us and then how can I take that data and help my client and how can I make them better and how can I make their business stronger and what can I do to really support them? I think it really was always about that. You know, we had somebody at the firm not too long ago who was the head of our mentor program and one of the things that he loved to do was come and, and talk to the young people and what he did with them is that he actually printed out a financial statement and helped them to analyze it and ask them, pretend I'm the business owner, what's the conversation you would have with me as a result of that financial statement? That's going to become an even more critical part of our training for those younger people or entry-level people entering our profession. 
because maybe that beginning part's going to be done for them. And it's maybe going to even allow them to advance a little bit more quickly because they're going to have to do that analysis. They're going to have to graduate to those higher positions sooner, if you will, because we're going to take that lower level work away from them and have them learn the bigger picture and be able to work on the relationship side a little bit sooner, I believe. Yeah. So hopefully all the things that we did for the first two or three years, they're really going to see in year one right? instead of over as it evolved over right. time. So maybe it'll enable them to progress quicker. So is it fair to say that the future is bright for young leaders, but they'll need a different set of skills, some traditional relationship building and some analytical that possibly we didn't have? Right. Or else to develop those skills quicker than we did. I mean, we learned them through experiences and they will as well, but they might get those experiences a little bit sooner. Well, they talk about virtual learning and uh, they talk about teaching, ticking and tying in a virtual setting so that uh, they could get onto the more analytical responsibilities of the profession. Right. I guess every generation really has it, right? So in, in my generation, we went from preparing tax returns. How come you to... don't get any age <laughs> jokes? <laughs> well, we learned to really to prepare tax returns from scratch, and then the computerized preparation of taxes came into being. And first we filled out forms and sent them to computer centers, and now we do them directly on the computer. But even those things have changed, right? right. So I think this is the next generation generation of evolution and the utilization of the technology that we have available now. Yeah, and I think you're going to see that maybe more soft skill development early on, you know, and instead of it being as a, a senior or maybe a heavy senior where you were, you know, learning how to sit with a client and, and go through different things, you know, that may be what you get right out of the box, right. which is probably going to be more critical than some of these other things. Sure. And I think it comes, as I said before, through example and through bringing people into those meetings and to learning by watching us do it. And I think that that's really an important part of investing in our people, too, is that mentoring approach. Glenn, so, quick other uh, follow-up on that. It's so interesting as I listen to uh, Lori and Rich talk about this. You and I have had many offline conversations about this, the importance when you're developing other people, coaching, mentoring, delegating, developing people. I don't want to open up a Pandora's box, but you, you and I, we've said that we're comfortable having, quote, uncomfortable conversations but a lot of people are not trained to be comfortable enough with uncomfortable conversations about performance. That's a huge issue. Well, I think computers will help there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you yeah. could delegate that yeah, to a that's computer? It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to yeah. play out, right? We, we have to, you can't delegate that one, right? You can't delegate it because even when you're having a difficult conversation, there's a relationship element, there's an empathy element, there's a caring element. And there's a way to, to uh, deliver those types of And it's face-to-face. Face. Yep. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. So let's just, if you could just wrap this up by Rich, telling us how you think your career has been affected or will change as technology takes over and what you think your future looks like. That's a, that's a tough question. What my future looks like, Lori? <laughs> <laughs> you turn to your direct supervisor. <laughs> right. Uh, listen, I think at the end of the day, the future is bright and it's totally different. And I'm in, I think, that middle generation where I'm young enough to handle technological changes and aware that these things are coming and it's really going to drive the industry going forward. So where I have to kind of pivot a little bit is to, to make sure I understand it and make sure that I can inspire the rest of our team 
to to get on board and understand what those how the technology will work, how it's going to help them, how they'll be able to achieve whatever goals that they want to achieve. You know, hopefully as I continue to move forward, it's more of a leadership role in the firm and being able to really be a, a guide for the younger generation and kind of blaze a path for them so that they're able to, to achieve their ultimate dreams. And Lori, what do you say to a person that's for lack of better expression, on the back nine, who's seeing all this change around them and is afraid of it all. Well, I think that it is scary. Change is scary for everyone, and I think it is scary maybe even more for for people who are nearing the end of their career. But I think that it's important for them to understand also that it is a changing environment and a changing world and changing for the better. And that'll all help to make us more reliable and better service oriented and more profitable and all the things that'll enable us to help them. Okay, thank you. I want to thank Rich Fuchs, Lori Roth, and Steve Adubato for joining me inside the C-suite. And uh, this was a great discussion about the changes in our profession. Thank you.